0: Welcome to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. Thanks for being here with me today. We're talking about who God is because we know that this life is full of hardships of various kinds, but we know that He is good in all things. We know that He doesn't promise us an easy life, but He does say that He will be with us through the fire, through the rivers. His presence goes before us. And if you are a believer in Christ, then the Holy Spirit dwells in you, so you are never alone. We are focusing on the attribute of God as promise keeper. I don't know if you guys have seen The Chosen. I've started watching that a little bit and it is so good. I'm only in the first season, but I watched an episode recently about the woman at the well, which is an incredible story in itself. The intro of the episode starts with Jacob and his sons when they're building the well at first. And there's an interaction that happens on the episode with this man who isn't a part of their group. He's like a part of a a foreign tribe or something. And he's talking to Jacob about his gods and the images and things that they worship. And Jacob was talking about their God, you know, that he, you can't see him. And he made a promise to his grandfather, Abraham, Abraham. But, you know, it's not complete yet, and yeah, I even, like, wrestled with him, and he broke my hip, he was kind of telling stories about this God, and this foreigner guy is so confused, he was like, okay, so let me get this right, out of all the gods that there are, because in their minds, you know, there's so many gods out there that we can worship, and you chose one who is invisible, you can't see him, he takes generations to complete promises, and he broke your hip? (laughs) My friends, that is the God that we worship, and I am thankful that we get to worship Him and love Him, and that He loves us, and that He chose us. It's not that we chose Him, but that He chose us. And we're actually going to dive into the story of Abraham a bit today, because it's really cool to see how God chose Abraham. We don't really see anything that's like super special about him. We see his family line, and then God's like, hey, Abraham, you're going to go? And I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great and you will be a blessing. He makes all these promises to him. There's the, um, the covenant that he makes with him. Do not be afraid, Abraham. Or actually, his name wasn't even Abraham at the time. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. And Abram's so confused because he, God told him that you know, he was going to have, uh, that through, his, through his line, that all nations would be blessed. You know that he'll make him into a great nation, and that all the people will be blessed through him. But Abram didn't have any kids. So God tells him in Genesis fifteen, look at the sky and count the stars if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, Your offspring will be that numerous. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. So even though Abram was he wasn't a spring chicken when this all this was happening. At first, when God called him, he was 75 years old. I don't know about you, but I don't know any 75-year-olds who are popping out kids. God called him. He made this promise. Abram has zero kids. And God's like, yeah, you're going to have offspring as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the shore. I would have a really hard time believing that. I'm not going to lie. And... Abram, he has faith. He's You know, it's credited to him as righteousness because he believed the Lord. But things kind of get, he kind of takes things into his own hands when he decides to have a kid through Hagar instead of through his wife because he's impatient and Sarah's not bearing any kids for him. So he has Ishmael through Hagar. And that's not how God wanted the promise to be completed. He was going to complete it through his wife as, um, But he took matters into his own hands. Uh, I would definitely, I mean, we have different situations in our lives today, but there are definitely times when I take things into my own hands because I'm not being patient for God. I don't know about you, but it's hard to wait on the promises that he gives sometimes because we want it to be done in our timing. We live in a time where everything's very automatic and we can just click a button and at the click of the finger we can buy anything we can have access to information so having to wait a long time isn't something that we're used to but the culture that we live in is not more powerful than our God who takes his time to complete things in the way that they are supposed to be completed he created the world this culture will pass away and just as God promised Sarah had a son, Isaac, just as he'd promised. And it didn't happen, you know, when Abram was 75. It says in Genesis 17, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him. And that's when he tells him that your name will no longer be Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I will make you the father of many nations. And he also tells him that your wife Sarah, Sarai do not call her Sarai for Sarah will be her name. I will give her a son I will give you a son by her. I will bless her and she will produce nations, kings of peoples will come from her. And he did as he promised. Even though he called him at age 75 with that promise, he waited and waited and waited and God came back and at 99 years old And sure enough, Sarah bore him a son named Isaac. God fulfilled his promise. And he does that all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. But there's so many stories in the Old Testament when God comes to different kings or prophets and he says, hey, this is going to happen. And then it happens Verses later. And honestly, when I was reading through the Old Testament when I was younger, I was always kind of... I don't know if frustrated is the right word, but it was just very repetitive because, you know, God says, hey, this is going to happen, and then it happened. I'm like, okay, well, why don't you just tell me that it happened instead of saying that God said it was going to happen, and then it happens. But isn't that so cool that it shows God already knew what was going to happen. He gave them a warning. He told them in advance, and he made it happen. He didn't lie to them, even if it was a really hard situation that was going to occur, which often it was, it was a warning about punishment that was going to happen. Or um, like he warned the Israelites that, um, that he would show, you know, his wonders in in Egypt. And those weren't pleasant wonders. There were, there was major plagues that happened, but he told them and he, he made it happen. God always does what he says he's going to do. And just as he promised Abraham, years later, all nations on earth were blessed through him. Because as we see in Matthew 1, there's this lineage that goes all the way from Abraham to Isaac, to all of his sons and grandsons and great-grandsons, this genealogy that leads all the way to Jesus. And Jesus came to fulfill all the promises, so many promises in the Old Testament that were brought to completion and fruition by the birth of Jesus. He was born of a virgin, and he came and he died for our sins, bringing us freedom. We're no longer captive to sin. So that promise he made to Abraham wasn't something he just spoke into the air as a a nice thought. It was something that he planned on doing, and he did. In Isaiah 55 He says that as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. His word goes out and it doesn't come back empty. He always does what he says he's going to do. So we need to look for his promises Sometimes we don't have the right idea of what his promises are. What are his promises? His promises are that he is with us. He promises us salvation if we put our faith and trust in him and make him our Lord and Savior. We want to have faith in him. In Hebrews 11, there's a the great faith chapter about all these men and women who lived by faith and they didn't live a perfect life but they had faith in our faithful God. And it says in Hebrews 11 that they all died in faith. They didn't receive the things that they were promised, but they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. And so they, were, they had faith. They didn't see, but they believed. They trusted in God who completes His promises. And when it says that they had not received the things that were promised, that doesn't mean that God doesn't fulfill his promises. It means that they trusted that his promises were beyond themselves, beyond their generation, beyond their lifetime. Just like with Abraham. Yes, he had his son Isaac, but the numerous stars and sand of descendants that he had, that wasn't something he was going to see in his lifetime. All people being blessed, through him, wasn't something that he would see in his lifetime, but it happened because he had faith in our God who is faithful. So we need to have trust and patience because it's not automatic like we talked about, like we're used to sometimes. It is not automatic. As we see in Matthew 1, there's generations and generations before Jesus came. From Abraham to David there were 14 generations from David to the exile in Babylon. There are 14 generations from the exile to Babylon to the birth of Jesus was 14 generations. That is a long time, my friends, but what a beautiful completion, fruition and fulfillment of his promises. Absolutely worth the wait. Am I right? What do you need to wait on right now? Are you trying to grab control of it like Abram did when he decided to take matters into his own hands and have Ishmael instead of waiting on God's timing to have Isaac? We can trust God. Knowing that he is our promise keeper is a game changer for us. We can trust him and his word. We can't trust other people sometimes. We want to love God and love people, but God doesn't tell us to put all of our trust in people. He tells us to trust in Him. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. It also means that we want to be like Him in that, and we are not going to be able to be perfect as He is in fulfilling our promises, but we can be careful with our words that we say. In Matthew 5.37, Jesus says to let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Anything more than this is from the evil one. I don't know about you, but sometimes I like to use very flowery words and I like to speak in ways that are maybe flattering or things that sound nicer than are true. Or maybe I'll kind of commit to something, but not really. And that's not what God wants us to do. God speaks His word and He makes it happen. So my friends, let your words match your actions. And I'm not just saying that to you. I'm saying that to myself too. We want to make sure that our words match our actions. And when we know his promises, we want to make sure that we're holding tightly onto those. It's something that we're seeking after, even though he is invisible and he takes generations to fulfill his promises. And sometimes he breaks our hips in different ways. It's all to bring him glory. It's for our good and for his glory. We can trust him. Seek his promises in faith, even though we can't see it, even though it takes time, even though the process is not easy, it is worth it in the end. What promises are you holding on to right now? They will not dissolve away. They will be fulfilled. I'm holding on to Jesus coming back because he is that second coming He's going to come on the clouds and someday we're going to see him face to face. That's what keeps me going because I know that he fulfills his promises and that is going to happen someday. In this COVID time we live in, it's easy for plans to get completely shattered and destroyed. I've learned very quickly to write all my plans in pencil because everything will pass away except for God's word. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. What he says is true for all people for all time. We can hold on to the fact that we will see him one day. What a beautiful promise that is. What promises are you holding on to? I pray that this week and in the coming months, that you would grow a patience towards his word and his promises that happen in A different time frame than maybe we like, and that he would continue to grow our faith more than our feelings. That we're not focused so much on feeling good about where we're at, but having faith even when difficult things happen. Because storms come, my friends. People leave, jobs they pass away, money passes away, things do not last. But he does, and we can have faith in him who we cannot see. Let us hold tightly onto him, for he who promised is faithful. Thank you for listening and joining with me today. I hope that this has encouraged you. You can share, write reviews, let us know how God is speaking to you. And please join us again next week as we continue talking about who God is and why that's important in our lives. You can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group you can join or on Instagram at Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I hope you have an amazing week growing in Him. May the Lord bless you and keep you.